everyone. Welcome back to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today we are going to talk about foods that boost your brain and build a better mindset. Now, I don't know about you, but I really think that food plays such a powerful, powerful role in how we feel and function. It has everything to do with our level of energy, how good we are at regulating our emotions and maintaining emotional balance. It just, it plays such a big role in our lives. And today I have someone who has become a good friend and she's a great speaker. And she was on a previous podcast talking about sugar. And now we are going to talk about food in the brain and food in our emotions. And we're going to deep dive into inflammation and things like cognitive health, all those other interesting things that food um, really has an impact on. So I have Michelle Ricker. Michelle is an RDN. She has done a lot of work with NASM. And I know that she spoke at Optima last year. So so welcome, Michelle. Welcome back to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. Thank you so much, Angie. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, this is a very um, near and dear topic to me. Like I feel very connected to our brain health because I think a lot of times we don't really talk about it and we don't think about it so much. You know, it's 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 impacts our day to day so much, you know, as the way that we think the way we perform, I mean, especially in the fitness space that we're that a lot of people are in on this, um, you know, our response times, the way that we can actually be present with things and the way that we perform in our jobs. So it's something that we really need to like pay attention to. Oh, absolutely. And you know, if you've had it hit your family, uh, my mom passed from cognitive decline. And so if you've had it hit your family, trust me when I tell you, you think about it all the doggone time, right? So you think about all the influences on your brain health from your sleep to your fitness level to the foods that you put into your mouth. It is definitely on your mind. So Michelle, I'm so glad that we are going to deep dive into that. So my first question for you, what I really want to know is last year at Optima, I know that you did a session on uh, cognitive performance and the aging brain. And uh, my brain is aging. I'm aging every day. I don't know about you, but today I woke up one day older. What? <laughs> and so, um, and now I'm a minute older than I was a minute ago when we started. So how on earth do I eat foods that are going to kind of slow down or stabilize that aging process? Because pretty much that's why I'm here. I really want to know this. Can you tell me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't have I don't have the magic ball. I don't have the magic wand. You know, genetics plays a really big role in this. Um, and but there is something that we can do. It's you know epigenetics. So I've studied a lot around our DNA and the way that it influences our nutrition and our fitness. And a lot of it has to do with um, what we call epigenetics and how we play on that. So I don't want anyone listening to this to think that they're doomed just because, like you said, they have a family member that's had cognitive decline or something like that. So I want you to think that there are a lot of things that you can do to actually boost the brain today and maybe even heal it a little bit so that you won't have the tendency for dementia or Alzheimer's or, you know, that memory loss that everybody like gets worried about, you know, even at 25, sometimes you're like, now where are my keys, my sunglasses? Oh, right, they're on my head. You know, those kind of things were like, it happens. But you know, when it comes to nutrition, one of the big things that we can do is really like pay attention to what the brain is and how it's fueled. So number one is the brain is, is a pretty fatty organ in our body. 
So good fats are actually really good for the brain, if you think about it that way. The other thing is there are foods that give it that are really rich in antioxidants that can actually play a role in healing the brain and keeping it sharp. The other thing that I want to mention real quick before we dive into like exact foods is the connection between the gut and the brain. And I think that is so big. We have such new science on this that I want to talk about it a little bit more because if we can keep the gut healthy, the gut meaning your small and large intestine and keep that good microbiome going in there, it actually is related to the brain health. So those are the things that I want to kind of like dive into a little bit more with you as we go through the foods themselves. Yes, I love that. And you know, you're absolutely right. I'm a big one on, I don't believe my my genetics define my future. I'm way too hopeful and positive for that. And I feel like I've led a lifestyle that, that very much would call that bluff. And so I'm very much not a person who thinks doom and gloom. I always think about opportunity, right? Not fear, but opportunity. What's my opportunity to live as healthfully as I can while I'm here and to, to believe in that power. And I do think, like you said, with all the research and epigenetics, we have a lot more power than we realize. I like to call it positive control. Where do I have positive control? Well, one of those areas is how I eat. What do I put into my mouth? So you talked about good fats, you talked about antioxidants, and you talked about the gut brain health connection. So wow, drum roll, where do we start? <laughs> um, you know, what do you think? Um, yeah, well, let's dive in. You know, like I right. think one of the biggest things that we could do for our brain is, like I said, to kind of keep our inflammation down. Because one of the big things that happens is when we eat the standard American diet or kind of junk food, right, what that does is it causes inflammation in the brain. And that's one big thing that's going to cause it to, like inflammation causes kind of water around it. And that's unhealthy, then we can't think right. It's not functioning properly, right? So if we can get that inflammation down over time, it's going to stay more healthy, all right? So how do we do that? Like when I mentioned the standard American diet, the things that we're doing wrong, let's start there, are eating processed foods, fried foods, like industrial oils, meaning all the canola oils. The body looks at that as foreign. So it's gonna try to fight it and give the inflammation in the brain. Okay, those things we know are bad for us, but we eat them, right? Sugars, we had a podcast before and we talked about how sugar causes inflammation in the brain. All those things, if we can start decreasing those in our lives, we now have air fryers. I mean, hallelujah that we can move away from getting a deep fat of grease to get something nice and crispy to give us satisfaction. So those kind of things, if we can do that, we can start decreasing the inflammation in the brain and keep it more fresh. So those are the places that I think that we should start. Okay. Well, you know, I have to do a pause here. Okay. So um, it's interesting. I've never really been a fried food girl. So that's never been one of my things. Um, I drive by a place that smells greasy and I'm actually physically nauseated. And so I'm not a fried food girl. That's never going to be my demon. My demon is sugar and always will be. And so, but recently one of my daughters was like, I want an air fryer. And I did a lot of research on that. And I was like, man, I don't know about that. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there that I'm not sure I support it or don't support it. But I, I think what I hear you say is if you had to choose fried food or you had to choose an air fryer, you'd go with an air fryer. Is that kind of what I hear you say? 
I did say that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what it is when we get fried foods, number one, that process of frying is actually horrible on the food and breaks down and those chemical changes are hard on the body. But the types of oils that we use when we do fried foods are so bad for us. And like I said, our body looks at them as foreign and then we start trying to fight it and that's where it causes the problems. So yeah, I would definitely choose an air fryer if you really want that type of food, you know, because it's, it is that processing, you know, anything fried food processed, you know, those convenient foods are all going to give us that same response in the body. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's keep going then. Let's talk about that inflammation and, and what we're doing that's creating it and, and, because we know that inflammation, we know that it has a terrible impact on the brain. And so let, let's go there. Let's start talking about the foods or, or what's related to that. Tell me, tell yeah. me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, that's the number one thing we're talking about cognitive decline is like I said, we want to like keep the brain as fresh as it can be, you know, like those are the things. So if we start feeding it, ways, um, different foods that help decrease that inflammation and give antioxidants. So like I said, the inflammation, you know, our diet, the environment, you know, we are so like, I live at the beach in Los Angeles and I can tell you like the, um, the pollution is not nice in Los Angeles, right? I was in China um, two years ago and that was ridiculous. So our world is now giving us this pollution or you know, things that are in our materials, like in our mattresses, things that are going into our system that are causing inflammation too. The body looks at us foreign, tries to fight it, those kind of things. So when we look at the food that we're eating and related to our brain, we really need to look at things that are decreasing inflammation and giving us that protection. So those are the two places that I really think you look at when you look at food. Okay, where can we go? Number one, decrease inflammation. Number two, give us that good power to like keep the brain as strong as it can be. Ah, so those? Yeah. yeah, so decrease inflammation and then increase protection. So, you know, how, what do we do there? And so, by the way, I'm talking with Michelle Ricker, and we are talking about uh, foods that boost your brain health and build just a better mindset, better emotional stability. And I'm Angie, and we are deep diving into this because I think that this is such a fascinating topic. I mean, hey, if the foods that I eat can impact my brain health, sign me up. And so what Michelle's saying here is we've got to look at it as a twofold equation. We have to decrease the inflammation, but we also have to increase our protectiveness. It's like we got to wear a helmet when we ride a bike or we have to put on our seatbelt when we get in the car. Right. So, Michelle, I'm turning that over to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Angie, you know, as a dietitian, like it's it's so true that foods, you know, do help us with weight loss. Right. They also help us keep powered so that we can you know, focus so that we have our memory so that we can be productive. So then our neurons kind of connect the way they should. You know, sometimes when you don't remember something or you're trying to, you know, you walk in the kitchen and you're like, okay, now what was I doing here? You know, sometimes it's just, they kind of miss each other. <laughs> and if we can give it some good stuff to connect, that's what we're looking at, right? Um, those are the things that are going to keep us long-term healthy. And one of the big things with that is omega-3s. And I've talked about this a lot, but omega-3s, you look at like the fish oils um, that are out there, the olive oil, 
um, avocado, any of those kind of things. Like I said, the brain is mostly fat. And what those do is it fuels the brain and it also decreases inflammation. So omega-3s are a really great place to start. So all those fatty fishes that are out there, the salmon, the sardines, you know, the herring, those kind of things. Um, if you like any of those, go for it. If not, take a fish oil or do both actually, um, you know, but quality matters with those. So make sure that you're getting, you know, high quality with those products. And then also we have really nice options these days. Like when I grew up in Ohio and, um, and I was in the suburbs with my aunts and uncles were in the, on the farm and we used to butcher. And if you think about cows and pigs back then, they ate off the land, right? The meat that we're buying now is fed corn and soy and whatever. So that's not getting the same omega-3s that the grass-fed stuff is. So we have nice options now in the stores. So if you're buying a grass-fed butter or a grass-fed meat, that's giving you more omega-3s to help with your brain. A lot of other things that it's doing with inflammation within the body, like even joints and stuff. But that's where I would start with like really trying to boost those omega-3s. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you brought up the whole grass-fed thing because I think that that's really, really important because I think there's all this confusion, you know, well, there's organic and there's grass-fed and yeah. But I'm glad that you brought it up in terms of meat. And if ever you've watched any of those shows about um, where our meat is is processed and how we're getting our meat these days, you're like, eh, I don't know if I ever want to have meat again. So, yep, we're not going to go there. Okay, but anyway, so omega-3, that's what I hear. Omega-3, omega-3, and I hear that we can get from fish oil, from salmon. And I hear that we can also take it in supplement form. And, and I just have to ask you, so if, if people don't like salmon or they don't like fish, do you think it's okay just to take a supplement then? Do you oh, think for, it's the same for thing? Sure, for sure. Yeah. I actually, okay. like I said, would recommend both. I'd say like, try to get as much, you know, omega-3. You can do, um, like I said, olive oil or olives, um, avocado, walnuts, um, those kind of things are all really good for omega-3s as well. You know, hemp seeds, those kind of things. If you're not, um, you know, if you're vegetarian or, or plant-based even. Um, so you don't have to do that. And they also make a marine-based omega-3. So you can get it from the seaweed um, as opposed to getting it from true fish oil. So there's multiple ways to get it, but get it in is really the key, I think, for, for anything related to the brain. I'm glad that you said that about marine base because I've been reading more about that. And so it's no wonder everyone is so confused because all this stuff kind of changes all the time and things get more and more watered down based on all these companies kind of getting some skin in the game. And it's really hard to find the authentic stuff anymore. So I agree. It also is a, the quality of the omega-3 and where you're getting it from. So so we're talking about the omega-3. I'm talking with Michelle Ricker and we're talking about, you know, the impact on the brain and we're talking about protecting measures. And so Michelle, what I hear you say is things like the fish oil and the salmon and the avocado. Um, those are protections against, you know, those kind of boosts give us that healthy fat for our brain. So what else? What else yeah. is out there? Yeah. I mean, as a dietitian, like when I talk to people, one thing I really try to find out too is how much of, like I said, the standard American diet, how much junk or food that may be causing inflammation. Maybe we don't call it junk. Maybe it's just a matter of lifestyle, right? Like you said, um, you know, maybe you don't eat the fried foods, but you you do eat more sugar, 
right, which is causing inflammation. There's a big thing in the body that's a ratio between omega-6 and omega-3, and you may have heard of this, but omega-6 is what causes our inflammation. And that's when we eat those other types of foods that we talked about a minute ago, um, cause the inflammation. And our body tries to get this nice ratio of omega-3, omega-6. So if you are a person that's eating a little bit more, let's say junk food, fast food, or even like sugars, you may need a little bit more omega-3 than just kind of, you know, anyone else that's eating more salmon and avocado to try to balance out that ratio. And I think that's really important. So I'm saying, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. It'd be fabulous for your brain long-term to get rid of some of those inflammatory foods. But if you're not, then really work on boosting your omega-3. I think that's oh. a big so it can be kind of an equation. You can kind of, um, you can play a little plus and minus because I, I feel like sometimes I try to do that with sugar. And I mentioned that in our, in a previous podcast that we did on sugar, where I talked about how I used to think, well, I can eat sugar because it's not impacting my weight and I'm exercising and yada, yada. But sometimes plus minus doesn't work that way. You can't outrun a bad diet. But I think what I hear you say is a little bit of balance. If you're not going to completely cut out those, those negative habits like running through the McDonald's drive through then at least add some salmon or a good fish oil to your diet, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, because that ratio does matter. The brain pays attention to that, you know, and, and it can cause decline if you don't do that. For sure. I did not know the brain did math. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's smart you know we actually use it for quite a few things you know you think i mean you know it never served me very well in math class but doggone it i guess it recognizes those ratios you probably needed a little more salmon in your life when you were i think i needed some more salmon in my life back then i think that's a sure thing michelle so i think that is a sure thing so yeah. you know um any other foods that you can think of as far as what we can add on? Because you know what? I love where we're going with this because I'm going to tell you why. I think that a lot of times we tell people what they need to get rid of. Well, you need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. Preach, preach, preach. And everybody's like, whatever, you know, land, land, land. So how about tell me some things I can add? And I love that we're doing this. We're talking about, look, these are some things you can add. We're not saying you're going to turn your lifestyle upside down. And again, as fit pros, you're out there and you're like, hey, I got the perfect diet. And that's awesome. But I bet all your clients don't. So exactly. Oh my gosh, you're so right. And I love that too. Thanks for bringing that up, Angie, because yeah, this is something that we can be like, these are good. These are things that you can add and hopefully you like them. There's enough options that you can actually get them in. So, you know, I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that um, caffeine is a really good bonus for the brain. Not in extreme measures, but you know, it does give us that concentration. You know, there's a lot of research on pilots and caffeine and how it helps them not only stay awake while they're flying for hours on end, but it helps that focus. Okay. And when we're talking about the brain, we need to talk about all aspects of it, right? It's not just the cognitive decline, it helps us with our focus. It helps us with memory. It helps us with, you know, just like the whole optimization of how we kind of process things. So there's a lot of things. So when we think about that, caffeine really does help us with focus. So adding that in um, is not a bad thing. Another thing is like blueberries. Blueberries are fabulous. It's almost like the magic food. If you could have a handful of blueberries a day, there's some studies that show that you could probably 
diminish your cognitive decline. I mean, they're that powerful. And so is like pomegranates, anything in that that blue purple kind of um, hue. And we talk about eating the rainbow, eat all your colors. But in that color um, scheme, in that blue purple, if you can get as much of that in there, that really helps give those true powerful antioxidants to the brain. Ah, I love that. I'm going to have to add pomegranate in. I, I eat blueberries by the ton, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have true confessions here. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm at confession, but the other day I <laughs> caught myself putting a little cool whip in there and I was like, yep, Angie, you're doing the purpose. Okay. Yeah. You, you got to put the cool whip away, but gosh darn, it's so good. But I absolutely love blueberries. I could just eat them all day long. They're not great for your teeth, by the way. They, they kind of can make your teeth kind of kind of blue if you're not careful. I recommend brushing your teeth afterwards. <laughs> and then that's the funny part is that it's that resveratrol, that that yeah. that color, the same in red wine. Why those that's the powerful thing in in that color foods is going to give you, like you said, it's going to stain things, but it's also like giving you that really powerful boost kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's good to know. See, the more the more impact that it has on your teeth and your clothing and everything else, that's actually a really good thing, right? That natural <laughs> color is great. So we got we got blueberries. Chalk one up for blueberries. We got pomegranates. We've got omega-3s, the fish oils, the salmons. Um, keep going. Fill our brain. Give us a couple Let's more. Let's go. So right. we did a podcast a while ago on sugar, and we talked about dark chocolate as a substitute. If you look at brain power, the dark chocolate, 72% or higher, and especially the true cacao, like the cacao nibs that you can buy in the store, those little little crunchy things that might not be as sweet. They're a little bit bitter, but they give you a little bit of that chocolate taste. So powerful for the brain too. Like add that into the mix. Again, it has that same kind of um, flavonoid, those same antioxidants as those blueberries and pomegranates and, and things like that. So yeah, so that's another really great one to add in there to uh. give that boost. You know what? And and don't you guys don't tell Michelle I told you, but we talked in the last podcast about those cacao nips and the real true ones. And I had those recently and I was like, yep, that's different from the kind of sugar I've been eating. And so it really, really um, opened my eyes to what true, authentic, healthy, dark chocolate tastes like. And it really made me realize, yeah, the dark chocolate I've been eating, the store-bought stuff, not so much. So <laughs> careful with that dark chocolate, careful, tune into that sugar episode and really pay attention to what else is in there that may have taken away the benefits. I mean, if you're taking away more than you're adding, yeah, I don't know. So no, that's yeah. A really good point. yeah, I would say, you know, add them into your shake or something like that, that already has flavor has some fruit added to it that might be you know satisfying and it just gives you that extra nutritional value you know for the brain so it gives you those those antioxidants it's not it's not going to be a comfort food i'll tell you right now the cacao nibs are not going to be like that oh my gosh i just crave them and i really need them it's not that yes, <laughs> yes but it's gonna it's gonna definitely wake you up to what authentic authentic true dark chocolate tastes like for and that's sure. good that was no. a good learning for me you know, Andy, I mentioned in the very beginning a little bit about gut health related to brain health. So when we talk about food, we really need to talk about how foods impact the brain through the intestines. Okay, so it sounds so counterintuitive. I know it does, but there is such a tight connection. Like if you think about when you eat, how, how do you feel full? 
other than your stomach hurting, let's just say, let's, let's rule that one out, right? Like you eat too much, you're like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. But outside of that, what happens is when you eat certain types of food, it connects to the brain and says, okay, we're full, we're good, we're satisfied. Those are the things that the gut tells the brain when we eat, okay? So it does the same thing when it's talking about overall health. All right, so when we eat foods and it breaks down the good microbiome, the good intestinal flora, right, in our, our small intestine, large intestine, it actually, does, we don't metabolize properly. The brain's not getting the fuel that it needs. It, it, it takes like 20% of the food that we eat is fueling our brain. It's so powerful. It's working all the time, almost like our heart, right? We need these to function. So we need to feed it. And if our gut is not working right, and like I said, we break that down with just all of our processed foods, again, our sugar, our, our packaged foods, um, our fried foods, all those things, fast foods, it starts breaking that down and stress. And this is a big one that I know that you um, would love to like talk about, but stress actually decreases all of our good bacteria in our gut. And that actually influences inflammation and also that connection to the brain to make it unhealthy. So it's like this really crazy process that we have in our body. So we need to take care of our gut for that. Yes. You know what? I'm so, so glad we're talking about this because that whole process and, and you're absolutely right is that it, I can't, I can't even recap that because that was just like, my mind is like, I need to listen to that again later. But you know, that whole gut health thing and all these uh, probiotics that we read about and, or not read about, but take, I need, I need a shortened version of, of what's a good probiotic. And then there's prebiotic and, and what is the best thing I can do for my little gut so that my brain and my gut can go on a really good date and oh like each other. I mean, do tell. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so well said. You know, they do need to like each other. And, you know, when we're talking about dementia and Alzheimer's, you know, Parkinson's, all those things can be diminished or even like prolonged, potentially even gotten rid of if we take care of our gut. And so, like you said, I mean, prebiotics, probiotics, you know, let's start with food first. You know, okay. let's number one, get rid of the junk. You know, those are the things or minimize it. So if we're doing that, the other thing we should do is really feed it vegetables. Okay. And I say that and you know, you need to eat your vegetables, right? We hear it all the time. Yes, yes, yes. They're good for me, whatever. But what they do is they actually, you know, this prebiotic, probiotic, that fiber that we're talking about, it, like you said, it gets really confusing. The thing you need to know is fiber goes into the body and the body kind of keeps some of it. It actually like plants seeds. If you think about it, just like a garden, you know, that's the prebiotic. You're going in, you're planting, you're giving different types of bacteria. So different vegetables, um, mostly greens, herbs, things like that are going to give you different good bacteria. Then you need to feed that good bacteria. It sounds so strange. It lives in your intestines. I know it sounds kind of gross, but it does. And we have millions of them, millions, like hundreds of millions. Like this is crazy stuff that's working on our metabolism and also helping our brain health. Okay. So not only would we feel better, 
energetically, you know, our stomachs won't hurt. We'll be able to process better. We'll be more aware. We'll be more um, present, right? And we'll have good energy, like not as depressed if we can give good bacteria to our gut. So that's what we're doing. That's where the prebiotic and then the probiotic. Then we need the fermented foods. You know, think about miso, right? I know um, sauerkraut, my friends make fun of me. I just kind of eat it by the spoonfuls. It sounds ridiculous, but like you got to get it in, right? Um, if you like kombucha, those kind of things, any type of fermented things, you need to get those in. So we need to plant that good bacteria and then continue to feed it. Does that uh -huh. help you a little bit? Yes. So plant the good bacteria. So I heard vegetables and I love that because I'm super addicted to vegetables. So um, I do buy them frozen. I hope that's okay. I do buy them fresh, of course, sometimes too. But, you know, with the way I eat vegetables, I go through tons of them. So I, I buy those massive bags at Costco of the, the organic vegetables and just like the frozen ones. But I, I'm, I'm kind of addicted. So this is a side note. Frozen is great, you know. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Because I was going to have to start crying and in the episode right now because I was like, well, then I'm going to need a moment. So, okay. So I heard vegetables. I heard sauerkraut. I don't know if I can join you on that one. I heard kombucha. I have a daughter who lives in Denver and she initially introduced me to kombucha. And I was like, what's this kombucha stuff? This was, you know, I don't know, a little, quite some time ago. But anyway, I heard that, you know, the fermented stuff that we need to get in there. So we need to feed that bacteria. Kind of weird, right? But hey, I feel like I'm back in science class and we're, we're mm -hmm. looking at the petri dishes. <laughs> exactly. You know, it is. I mean, if you think about our body, there's so many different pHs going on. There's so much chemistry happening in it. And here we think, oh gosh, I probably am just going to eat a blueberry, you know, and the body's like, oh my gosh, let's take it and we'll like feed the good bacteria and then we'll feed the brain with it. And we're like, it's a blueberry. You know, so it yeah. like really is doing stuff inside of our body that we need to just kind of be aware of. And that's why these things are so important. Like, you know, kale gets a bad rap because it tastes gross unless you cook it right. You know, um, make sure you get in some spinach. It's better if you cook it because of the oxalates, things like that. We'll talk about that at another time. But yes, I mean, like anything that's like green, um, chia seeds, anything that it's going to give you a little bit of that fiber um, in there. But like you said, I mean, broccoli, any of the cabbages, like any type of different greens, all those are so good for the gut health. And then also, like I said, is going to continue to like decrease inflammation in the brain and really help it with its power. Ah, I love this. I love it because I'm all about adding stuff. Hey, tell me what to add. I will add it. I will add it. I will add it. I'm making a list. I mean, I'm going to go buy chia seeds and, and I got to buy hemp seeds. Oh, gosh, I, I, I got to get to the grocery store. I'm going to vacation tomorrow. Oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff I got to bring with me. So, um, Michelle, you know, before we end, though, I do want to get to one last thing because we we deep dive. And again, I'm talking to Michelle Ricker. She's an RDN and she does a lot of work here with our NASM, um, our NASM friends. And she spoke at Optima last year. And uh, are, are you speaking this year, Michelle? I'm speaking at Optima this year as well. Are you speaking this year? I am. I have two oh. different lectures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. 
So the last thing that I want to talk about is food and the impact on our emotional health. And it may be just that we just sum up and say, hey, everything that we just said pays attention to our emotions as well. But I think that emotional regulation and balance and stability has everything to do with our diet too. And is it safe to say then, Michelle, that if my gut is healthy and it's feeding my brain good information, it's highly likely that my emotions are going to be more stable. I think you just nailed it. You so nailed it. I mean, it's really crazy how synergistic our body is, like I said. And, you know, if we're feeding it properly and we're giving it these types of things where it can actually thrive with these certain foods, then our emotions will come in play. And like I said, when I talk about gut health, it's it sounds so ridiculous to say that your gut health is going to play on your emotions. But if you have a really good microbiome, it actually will will send messages to the brain to say, hey, we're good, you know, and it actually gives like more serotonin. It gives you that nice feel good dopamine responses. All your endorphins are going to like flow and it's going to change your mindset. Um, you can actually decrease depression and anxiety by keeping your gut healthy. So it's that connected to the brain that we need to talk about, you know, and there's a lot of um, other supplements that we can spend a whole nother podcast on to talk about that we can use for for that connection and to help with energy and also that mindset um, as well and also taking care of the brain. But yes, that's so powerful to kind of stay healthy across the board in our body. Yeah, absolutely. And don't worry, Michelle, we'll we'll deep dive into some of those topics in the future. So I know where you live now. So um, so thank you so much. I'm Angie. I had Michelle Ricker. We talked about um, the power of food to boost our brain health and build a better mindset. And uh, if you missed a previous discussion, we talked about sugar. And so sugar, sugar, sugar. So you know what? I'm so glad that you all joined me. You know, this is a good topic for just overall wellness, just the impact of food, food, food. So nobody likes to hear the word diet, but everybody likes to hear the word food. You say food and I get happy. So I'm Angie Miller. Thank you so much to our NASM and Napa audience. Thank you all who are listening. If you know, if you don't catch us live, you can share on Spotify. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts. There's different ways to catch us, but do, you know, send me your thoughts, information, rate us, give me your um, opinions on, hey, I'd love to talk about this in the future. But thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time.